This podcast is presented by the Bet Parks online casino and sportsbook app. New customers download now and get up to $1,000 in casino bonus back if you're not a winner in your first 24 hours. See BetParks.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 in PA, New Jersey, Maryland, Michigan, or Ohio. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult to Today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation semi annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal too. Schedule a no obligation in home estimate now. Call 866 Nation or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly. So I'm excited to talk to you guys. We are live. It is BGN Radio right here on 97.5 The Fanatic Broadcasting from the Xfinity Studios, only from Comcast. Normally, to my left would be the great James Elter, one of the fantastic producers of the station of the BGN Radio podcast in the BleedingGreenNation.com community. But today, this morning, a very special treat as we are joined by none other than the Hefe himself, Mr. Brandon Lee Gowden. What's going on, Brandon? How are you this morning? Who the hell is Brandon Lee Gowden? <laughs> Maybe we can figure that out as this program goes on. We thank you so much for tuning in, and it's been a uh, we get the uh, we get the full the full two hour gamut here. So we are we're very excited. We're going to have Jim McCormick give us some fantasy advice at nine thirty. Our own Patrick Wall will be with us at eight thirty to kind of excuse me break this thing down and and go through a, a selection of of a lot of different things here. Um, but what I want to do is I do want to start. I, I, it's unavoidable. And, it, you know, I, I just think that as much as I want to, I, I have such a huge conflict with this football game. It's so important for the Eagles as an Eagles fan. But from what's happened this week with the whole Greg Hardy situation, and it's nothing new. It's nothing new. But I feel like we've all kind of ignored it. And then we got the smelling salts again when Deadspin puts out those pictures. They put out the reports. They put out the 911 transcripts. And now you're faced to look at this guy on Sunday night. And to me, I'm at the point now, I don't know when it's ever going to happen. But it's screwed with my head. And I'm just going to be honest with you for the first five to ten minutes as we're opening here. I'm not sure I can watch this football game tonight. I don't know if I don't know if that's a possibility for me to watch it as as a diehard Eagles fan, as a guy that covers the team with Brandon and with everybody else. I, I think I've hit my limit, and I don't know if anybody else feels that way. 
I think we're all trying to justify what's going on because we are Eagles fans. Because it's the Dallas Cowboys, because it's Jerry Jones, we constantly justify why we continue watching this product with guys like Greg Hardy that are on the field. We can't control that. We can't control who Jerry Jones signs. We can't control the NFL and how much they're going to suspend somebody, even though in this case, I think they did the right thing and they got screwed up by their own rules in the NFLPA, and that's a whole different discussion. But that's not in my control. What's in my control is being able to turn off the television set. And I don't know if that's crossed anyone's mind. I hear a lot of Dallas fans. I hear horrible Dallas takes. If you're a Cowboys fan and they're still defending the signing and him being on the field tonight, stop it. He's not your friend. Greg Hardy is not your friend. Patrick Kane is not your friend. Ben Roethlisberger is not your friend. Even Malcolm Jenkins, and I'm not lumping lumping him into that group of people. Good people are not your friends. We have this separation problem where we think that they care about what we think. They don't care about what we think, and it's obvious. It's obvious by what Jerry Jones' statement, by Greg Hardy and the way he's conducted himself coming back from this. I'm on the level of of deserving second chances, but you have to show some remorse. You have to be, at least Brandon Marshall went through the steps. At least some of these guys, at least Michael Vick looked like he was remorseful. At least he turned his life around. Greg Hardy hasn't done that yet. And we're justifying it because we don't root for that team, but we're still going to watch the product. So what what is it going to take? And I don't think it's ever going to change because we love football that much. When I am here and I get this wake-up call, everything kind of smacked me in the face. As far as me being, you know, the abuse thing for me hits home really hard. I felt it. I've dealt with it. I've also, you know, I've been in the, I've heard about it. I know people that are close to me that have dealt with this type of abuse. And if I'm sitting there in a living room with them tonight, and I look at them and say, it's okay, I'm an Eagles fan, that doesn't justify it. That doesn't work for me. So we can, we can kind of coddle this thing any way we want to, but this is a serious thing. And we're going to justify it just like we justify everything else in this country. And it's not a political statement. I'm not trying to be. I'm nobody. I'm a guy that gets two hours of radio time a week. I'm a guy that is on the Internet, that has a podcast, and that's it. I'm nobody. I'm probably not going to change anybody's mind about this, but I feel like it just needs to be said. I'm not going to judge you if you watch this football game tonight. Because it's an almost impossible task, much like the victim here had an impossible task of this thing ever getting justice. It's a part of the justice system. It's a part of everything else. But just know, when we watch this football game, we are accepting it as well. We are saying it is okay. It is okay. Much like when we see on the news and we see people getting shot up at a school and then we have the ultimate extreme gun debates on both sides, whether it's the, the, the one side saying take away all the guns or it's on the left side saying get more of them. There is no middle. I, can't, I don't know how to fix the problem either. Me turning off the television doesn't fix the problem. 
It doesn't. It won't do anything. Me going to the advertiser saying I won't buy your products won't do anything. So, ah, well, I'll watch the football game. I don't know if anybody else even remotely feels that way. And I'm ashamed. I am absolutely ashamed that it took me to get to this point to see pictures, and that's what woke me up. Not trusting a woman's voice and saying, this is really messed up. It took me the fact that somebody you know, leaked pictures that the NFL saw that I know the Cowboys saw. Because in every NFL locker room, there is a guy that goes and investigates. There is a guy that goes and knows what's going on. They have connections to police departments. They can get any type of information that they want. They can sweep it under the rug anytime they want. And they still signed that son of a bitch. And I cannot for the life of me figure out why in the hell we are standing here saying it's okay anyway. There's nothing we can do about it. There is absolutely nothing we can do about it. And that's the most frustrating thing. That's why I don't want to talk about this football game. I had a complex coming into here. Do we really just want to preview this game like it's just another game? It is not just another game. And to me, just like I said about the school shootings, the second we didn't care about that is the second we don't care about the NFL product and we're just going to move on from it too. It, it, there's, it, it's not going to change. And that's where it's like uh, I, I had this total mind screw this weekend. And that's why I just wanted to share it with you for 10 minutes because I don't get it. I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Everything I do seems like it's I'm either trying to be a hero or I'm trying to justify something else, and I hate that feeling. I hate it. I want to love football. That is it. I want to love football. That's supposed to be the escape here, and it's not. It's not because the reality smacks you in the face every time you're going to see him in an interview or disregard a press conference or the, the front office of Dallas completely just disregarding it and saying, F you, you're going to watch anyway. And like the sheep that we are, we go, you're right. You are right. We're going to continue to watch this product. And it scares the hell out of me that I have that much uh, in in human and uh, non-human decency to just move on from it and say, you know what? There we go. That is it. And I and Brandon, I hate to throw you into the fire here, man. I just had to get that off my chest. But it feels weird to me to cover this game, even to talk about it when you don't address the things that we are ignoring constantly on a week to week basis. When there's somebody close to me that has had trouble with a star athlete, with a star athlete, and we treat these guys like they're not human. They are human. They are not your friends. It disgusts me that I ignore it and I turn blinders on to it because I'm an Eagles fan, because it doesn't upset me, because it doesn't do anything else. But we are here in the thick of it. And I understand that the positivity, look, I don't want to make this a total negative thing. What came out of this was actually kind of a really positive, beautiful thing for people to jump on board for domestic violence charities. I, I think that's a very positive thing to do. But the, the, when I reverse it and I go, you know what? That also doesn't solve the problem of Greg Hardy still being in the NFL. It doesn't. It doesn't. He's still here. And I have to look at that. I can't pay off. That feels to me like it's almost paying it off. Like this is a terrible thing. And I'm going to go donate to a charity, but now I can watch the football game. That doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me. I am so upset 
that we've come to this point now, and I finally reached the point, Brandon, where I think I got to turn off the TV. I think I have to turn it off. I don't think I can bring myself to turn this football game on as much as it is important for me to go, you know what? I want to be right about Sam Bradford. I want to be right about this defense. This is a very important game in the NFC East, and I have trouble with it. I I just do. And I I hate to unload for 11 minutes here because I know not everybody is trying to have this discussion. Some people just like, hey, this is my Sundays, and I just want to talk about football, and that's perfectly justified. It is perfectly justified. I'm not going to judge you one way or the other if you want to turn on the football game or not. I just want to make you realize that we are all, as a society, as whatever, this game is going to break probably ratings. It's probably going to be the the most rated you know, NFL game of the week. And that that's, saddens me because no matter what I do or no matter what I say, it's going to continue. It's just going to keep continuing on. We're going to find a different way to trying to justify this thing. But, Brandon, let me get you in here, man. And I, 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 how, how do, as we all cover the team, how does the, all this stuff, kind of, do, do we even, do we think about this long term? Do we think about, you know, it's, it, I understand where you're coming from, but it's okay to still like football. Still, and it is, it is completely okay. I'm not, I'm not saying, like, you have to completely stop watching the sport. That would be hypocritical of me, too. But th- that's where I'm at this morning. How do I follow up that up, John? I don't know. That was beautiful, man. Welcome to the um, program. You know, you look at this situation, and to me, I wonder how – I just wonder how Dallas Cowboys fans reconcile this. How do you How do you cheer for the – I mean, I get – you know, you, you can say you're cheering for the team. I know, you know, fans don't necessarily need to agree with every move the team makes to root for a team. That's, you know, how fandom works. But with something like this, how do you – I want to hear from Cowboys fans. I want them yeah. to call in. I want them to tell me how, you know, they they accept this and how they think this is acceptable. This this is a player who who should not be in the he should not be in the league. He should not be in the team. It's a disgrace, really. It really is. Yeah, and I don't, that's why I don't understand, especially with just the athletes in general, not just Greg Hardy. Like there are there are so many justifications of athletes. Like like it's almost a personal attack towards the the, the team you're rooting for. Like, you got to remember to see, you know, there's two different entities there. you got to separate yourself. You're not on the football team. You know, it doesn't matter who gets cut or who gets replaced. Like, Sean McCoy, all the moves that happen with the Eagles, we're not on the football team. We're not like, we, you know, even though we do it, I mean, we, we do feel like it's personal. I understand when we talk about Chip. I try and get in there, defend or Bradford or whatever. But I, they're, they're not my friends. Like, I'm not going to go to them and say, like, Hey, Sam, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Like, you, nobody has a personal relationship with these things. And I think that's the problem. And it's not just with athletes. It's with celebrities and actors and, and everybody else because you, it's, it's just that type of it's, – it's that type of field. It, you know, like we feel we're involved with every Hollywood marriage. It's like, oh, I really wanted them to kind of keep it going here. But that's just not – it's just not how it works. And, and when it comes down to – you know, like, what, what are – I have seen nothing but it, – it, it concerns me. Because as much as we hate Dallas fans, I don't want I don't want people to, to feel like they have to defend this guy. And you, you know? see it. You see people defending him. You see people comparing it to Michael Vick, who went to prison, which is insane to me. Michael Vick went to prison. He showed remorse. He's now involved in you know supporting animals and stuff like that. And then you you get Dallas fans comparing Greg Hardy to Michael Vick, and it's insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, it's. Uh, 
you know, and and it's not one is better than the other here. No, it's not that we're not trying to say no. well, this athlete. And I think that's a that's the other thing that's happening that's really concerning to me. It's there's deflection. Like people will come up and say, you know what? Well, how come you guys aren't talking about Hope Solo? Are you kidding me? Well, if I covered soccer, one, that would be on the forefront. Two, she's got a different trial here. Three, how does that take away what Greg Hardy did? There's deflection all over the place. Like, why are you talking about Brent Roethlisberger or Adrian Peterson or anybody else? You know what? There's still time to talk about them. There's yeah. plenty of time. This was dropped in people's laps and saying, hey, don't forget about me. And a lot of the reason is because of that four-game suspension. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I think we all kind of ignored it. Because the football season was here. That's what we do every year. That's what I'm saying. It's a, the football season started. We ignored the thing. The the, the, the pictures came out. And it's like, oh, oh. So, that you know, again, that's where I'm at again, where it's just like, oh, my God. You know, we're going to go through this thing again. And it's a really hard thing to swallow. And I tell you what, we're, we, I, since we only have two hours, we had four hours, we keep going on this. But we have, we have two hours here. If you want to call in and talk about it, I'm, I'm very open to it. I want to keep the discussion going. Patrick Wall is going to come up at... At 8.30, and we'll definitely break down this this game here. We we want to kind of have a, a good balance of of takes and breaking down the game and everything else. But uh, real quick, let's just go to uh, Rick on a cell, who's calling from Houston. So we appreciate it. Rick, you're on uh, right now on BGN Radio. What's happening, man? Hey, man, appreciate it. Hey, so I just want to chime in. Um, so I think you guys are off base at least a little bit. Number one, uh, aren't you guys a fan base that beats up the other team for going in cheering for their team? What does that have to do with anything? What do you mean it has to do with anything? You are like that something tragic, you know, that happened, and all of a sudden you can't continue with your life because of uh, you don't really know what happened. But when another team comes This is in, what I'm talking it, about, Rick. This is what I'm talking about. We know something about? happened. It's not like she got bruises from just falling down the stairs. Like, you know, why, why, why are we constantly defending guys like this? Because she moved on. She didn't have a problem with taking the money. Yes, she did. That's, that's a, that's a, Rick, that is, that, is, that is a complete bias. That is complete bias because in reality, 70%, 70% of women or domestic violence, not just women at all, 70% of domestic violence doesn't go reported, doesn't ever get to that point. It's very rarely that these people come out, and we always are on the side of the athlete. We're always on the side of, oh, he couldn't possibly do anything wrong because he's an NFL player. He's an athlete. That is no incorrect. That, no one said that he didn't do anything. They they fined him, and didn't they give him a four-game suspension? And then the NFL, didn't they come in and say, okay, we reduced it to four games? That, in, arbitra- in arbitration, the NFL didn't reduce it. They actually gave them 10. It went to the board, the NFLPA, because – Adrian Peterson got the same treatment under the old rules because that ha- the incident happened before they changed the rules. Okay, so now we so, move on. We move on. Everybody we move all- on from what? Wait, we move Why on. would we move on from this? That's what I'm saying. We constantly justify whatever, whatever it is, and we appreciate the call, Rick, even though we have very different opinions on this. Why do we move on from it? We shouldn't move on from it. I would make this a weekly topic. There if is no moving on. Yes. There was no, there was no, uh, he didn't, Greg Hardy did not serve any jail time. There was no punishment. There's yeah. no remorse. What are we moving on from? He didn't move on. It's still here. He, he got away with it, and he knows he got away with it, and he's happy about it. Before the Patriots game, he's cracking jokes about Tom yeah. Brady's wife. He, this guy doesn't get it. Yeah, and I'm not saying, look, I, it, as, as, as much as I do not want to say this, I would still give him a second chance 
if he went through the protocols, if you saw that remorse, if you saw like, oh, fair. oh my God, what have I been doing? But that wasn't, that's not there at all. You saw guys, again, like Brandon Marshall, who had the chance to turn that life around, who still had a lot of his career here, and he changed his life. And he said that beautifully on the on NFL, inside, inside the NFL on Showtime. There are people that can change their lives, and that's the difference here. And And don't get it twisted. Ray Rice is not in this league because he's a domestic uh, violence uh, guy. He's not in this league because he can't play running back anymore. That's it. If there if there was the talent that was still there, if this was two years ago as opposed to three, he would still be here. And he became the poster child of it, and he has no time now for the second chance. And I, I don't care if you think that it's – I think it's okay if you think that he doesn't deserve one. I think it's okay with Greg Hardy and everybody else if you don't think they deserve one. But just like – Rick was saying, like, that's why I disagree with it. nobody's Nobody's wrapped this around here. Nobody's shown any remorse for it, especially the organization that signed him, which is crazy to me. They called him a leader. Yes. This is their leader. This is the guy who Jerry Jones says is an example for the team. You saw it in the video when uh, he was talking with the reporters. There was a woman directly behind him. Jenny Vrintas. Yes, from, making yeah. her, her face. She couldn't believe what she was hearing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it, it's just kind of like, oh, justifying, justifying, left and right. And I wouldn't care. And this is the thing that that it also happens, especially with Cowboys fans. It's like, well, well, of course, it's just because you're you're an Eagles fan, so of course you're going to say something. I wouldn't care if it's the Jacksonville Jaguars. I wouldn't care if it's the New England Patriots. For anybody to accept this guy is a problem. And I know it wasn't just, it wasn't just Dallas. Somebody was going to sign him. And... I don't know why. I, that's why I'm and, – and, and, and it just it goes to show you that talent will trump anything. Talent will trump any horrific thing that happens here. And it just – I don't know. I'm just having that kind of – and maybe I shouldn't watch the NFL anymore. I've gone back and forth between that a bunch this week. I was like, well, if it's – when, when is it going to stop? When is the end point here as we go to Dan and Redding? Dan, what's going on, man? How are you this morning? I, I could – good, good. Uh, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I, I really think – you know, not to sound like a conspiracy theorist, it's very convenient that any sort of lack of real action has, has happened because he plays for Jerry Jones' organization. You look at what happened with Richie Incognito. He, he cyber-bullied somebody. Yes. And uh, he was gone for the season. I'll tell you something. I, Greg Hardy doesn't deserve a second chance. He's a sociopath. I never forgave Mike Vick. When you cross that line and, and you torment and you abuse somebody – there's no coming back from that. That's the type of individual you are. And they, they, Greg Hardy should not be in the league. And I know there's a number of people on your station and, and former athletes that agree with me. He's a dirtbag. Absolutely. No, I, and I can't. That's what I'm saying. I can't take that away either. Like, I'm not going to. There is. I don't think there is a wrong argument, especially when it comes to that. I just I, I don't. And, and it's the it's it's frustrating. And Dan, we appreciate the call. Um, but you know, I don't know. I, I, I think we, if, if we want to keep talking about it, we can, but we'll, we'll pivot here as we got, uh, you know, Patrick all coming up at eight 30. I know he's got a couple of two cents that he wants to throw in here, but, um, I don't know. It just, it, it, it freaked me out. It, it's not, it's not, how dare you? I'm not trying to talk down to anybody. I'm really not. It's just more of a, what have I been doing? Why am I, why do I continue to support a product? And I don't care if he doesn't play for the Eagles or not. That's the other side of here is 
you know, I, I see Eagles fans like, well, I'm I'm okay because I don't root for him. I think he's a bad person. And I hope that he gets hurt on the field. That's what I'm rooting for. That's not enough, guys. That is not enough. Because you're still, you're, the eyes that watch the television are what drive the money in this league. So if your eyes are on the television, that's one thing we can control. And well, I understand that not all of us have a Nielsen box. So, you know, if, or if you want to watch an illegal stream to do it that way, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. We're just trying to justify it because we are such a hardcore football town that it's hard to be like, it's still not important enough for me. It's still not important enough for me to realize that this isn't the way I want to go. This isn't the way I want to tell my daughter or even son, anybody, how to be like, yes, because uh, just put it this way. If you had to explain this to anybody of why you're watching this football game as opposed to like, yeah, I'm going to turn this off, it's going to sound really odd. Just like I said at the top, if you were to come on and say, yeah, I know I'm rooting for the Eagles, so it's okay. That's a weird justification to me. That sounds wrong. That sounds wrong. So, I don't know. Well, I tell you what. We're right up against the break. I know it's been a very heavy. I know you're expecting, like, hey, it's Sunday morning. I'm just going to flip on the radio. We're going to talk about some Eagles. I'm a little hungover. It's going to be great. But uh, this was my opportunity just to voice all this stuff, to get it off my chest. It's been with me since Friday. I've been uh, going back and forth, even just as the the lowly nobody that I am of dictating, like, am I even going to talk about this game afterwards? Because I still don't think I'm going to. But we'll get into, uh, you know, a little bit more of that. We'll start breaking down the Eagles. It's uh, John Barchard and it's Brandon Lee Gowton from BleedingGreenNation.com right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. You have to come away from Dallas with the win. You can't get beat by a team that's lost five in a row. It's a sinking ship and is desperate as all get out. I'm more desperate than any Cowboy team I can remember in recent history right now. You can't allow that team to beat you in any way. It's BGN Radio. And it is right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. We thank you for joining us every Sunday from 8 to 10. And, of course, uh, you can always check out the awesome articles that uh, the robot, we call him the robot because he literally just pumps out content a, a day after day after hour after hour. Brandon Lee Gowton joining us in the studio. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, it's, uh, the, Baldy's right. I mean, th- there's no reason why this team shouldn't go down there and and take care of Matt Castle. This, this and to me, it's kind of funny how, like, Jason Garrett's undefeated when he comes to Philadelphia. So is Chip Kelly when he goes down to there. And even when you look at it, it's uh, you, you know you, they every time that they've gone down to Dallas, Romo either either hasn't been healthy or they played on a short week, mm-hmm. so it's been kind of screwed. And every time that Dallas comes up to here, the Eagles just kind of forget how to play football. It's kind of a weird thing how it how it uh, jives here, and we'll we'll get to more into that, especially with our senior writer right now from BleedingGreenNation.com joining us on the Comcast Business Hotline. It's the one and the only. Mr. Patrick Wall uh, joining us right now. What's going on, Patrick? How are you, buddy? Gentlemen, how are you doing this morning? It was great stuff, John. Uh, it's important stuff that I think the people out there needed to hear. So kudos to you guys for, for bringing that word. No, we, we appreciate it, bud. Uh, and there is, I don't know, just like we, uh, we were kind of talking about here, um, it, it's kind of a weird scenario that yeah, there hasn't been a lot of juice for this game as far as, 
you know, Eagles fans trying to get excited. Look, the, the, the whole the whole division's still like. Uh, there are some people that by default that think the Giants are still the, the default, uh, the best team in this in this division here. But what are you expecting when you're going uh, when this Eagles team travels down to Dallas tonight? And you know, what's your takes? How do they beat them? Is it really just the defense that has to come out with this win here? Well, I think it's going to have to start with the defense. I think unless we see a market improvement from Sam Bradford and the rest of the offense over these next few games here, you're going to kind of have to expect the defense to A, set the tone, B, make a lot more of the plays, and, you know, maybe sometimes C, win them the game. Uh, Unfortunately, that's kind of the reality of the 2015 Philadelphia Eagles. But on the other hand, you're talking about a defense that is certainly no pushover. I mean, this is the best defense Philadelphia has seen in a very long time, probably since the Jim Johnson years. Um, so you feel a little bit better about that. But on the same on the same time here, uh, you know, this this Eagles offense is struggling, and you really got to see what Chip Kelly and Pat Shermer have come up with coming out of the bye week. Um, and you really kind of hope that Sam Bradford has had his nose in the playbook for the last, you know, 10 days. Patrick, you know, you, you talk about the offense, and, you know, obviously one of the big issues going into this game is the fact that they're going to be without Jason Peters at left tackle. Uh, moving Lane Johnson over to left tackle, you're going to have Dennis Kelly at right tackle. Which As is I a, shiver. Oh, man. <laughs> Good God. Patrick, how are you feeling about, you know, this and the offense in general, but especially with this offensive line, you know, being banged up and, and makeshift here? Yeah, I mean, it's tough, right? I mean, Lane Johnson's going to make his first start at left tackle, which is, you know, it's a little bit conflicting. Obviously, you want to have uh, Jason Peters out there. You want your Hall of Fame left tackle. Usually those are helpful. Uh, but at the same time, you know, Lane Johnson's the future at, at left tackle, and you kind of want to see what he can do. Um, obviously, the biggest the biggest issue here is going to be having Dennis Kelly at right tackle. And look, Dennis Kelly is not a world beater. He's a serviceable backup. You never really want him starting in key minutes, let alone in probably the most important game of the season. Um, you know, that said, it's going to be it's going to be tough. I mean, Dallas's defense is good. It's definitely not on the level of the Eagles' defense, especially when you're talking about the run game. Uh, but this is kind of one of those games where you, you kind of hope that the juice from it being a divisional game, a primetime game, is enough to maybe bring out the best in these guys. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough to feel good about this, especially you're looking at uh, DeMarco Murray, who hasn't really looked healthy all season in the running back. You're not even sure if uh, Ryan Matthews is going to play. He's questionable. Uh, so it's going to be tough sledding for that offensive line. And, and you, you kind of hope that the, the week that they had off, maybe they were able to uh, – rest a little bit, maybe get their legs back under him a little bit. I mean, what we've seen from Jason Kelsey this season has definitely not been impressive. I mean, this is not the center that we've seen over the last couple of years here. So the line in general needs a little bit of help, and and unfortunately it's not coming this week. Yeah, and we've me and BLG were kind of talking off air, especially with the running back situation. They're just, I, I just feel like there's there's a part. And look, you know, Ryan Matthews is still questionable, so that's that's a little scary to me. And I know that Demarco Murray's probably chomping at the bit because, you know, really really showed his ass in the last you know the last time they matched up. The whole whole entire offense did. So the offensive line, et cetera, et cetera. Um, do you think that there is that type of juice? I know that Fletcher Cox and Benny Logan, Cedric, Cedric Thornton always kind of get amped up, and they, you know, I think this is some of the buzzwords that they get mad at are hearing that this is the best, you know, Dallas or the offensive line is the best in the league, and that's what gets them fired up. Do you think at this point now that if, who knows what what's going to happen with the rest of the season, but is this the time where DeMarco Murray actually looks like somewhat like the $8 million that the Eagles paid for? I think if it's any game, it's this one. And I think with the exception of the offensive line, a lot of things kind of line up for DeMarco Murray in this game. 
I thought against the Panthers, he had maybe not his best game statistically, but I certainly think he looked the best. Uh, he looked a little bit faster. He looked a little bit more sudden. And I think you were talking about it early in the, uh, early in the season. It, he was kind of coming off of a hamstring injury. Uh, we don't know how much that lingered or if that was what was really bothering him, but I don't think any football fan with a, with a, a basic knowledge of how the running game works and, and human physics knows that he looked a little slow. He looked a little unsure. And that's to be expected with a guy coming off of a muscle injury like that on his handy. Um, but I think coming out of the bye, he's got another week of rest after he already looked sort of more like himself against the Panthers. Uh, I think this bodes well. And, I mean, if you're DeMarco Murray, did, did he run for a single yard in that first Cowboys matchup? I don't think he did. Two yards. So, <laughs> yeah. On 13 Sorry. attempts. Uh, my apologies to <laughs> DeMarco Murray and his family. Uh, this is going to be a huge game for him. You know, he's he probably wanted that week two game real bad. So just imagine how much he wants this one. Patrick, uh, you know, you look at, we've, we've already touched on Sam Bradford a little bit here. Um, how are you feeling about him coming off the bye? I mean, I've had this weird theory that maybe, you know, oh, Sam Bradford is this second half quarterback. Maybe he's this <laughs> second half of the season quarterback. <laughs> I think that's a, pretty crazy, honestly. I, I will admit that, you know, I'm, I'm being a little optimistic there. How are you feeling about Sam Bradford at this point in the season? You know, quarterback is such a tricky position. Uh, on the one hand, I'm very inclined to say, at this point in the season, you are who you are. Uh, on the other hand, we are talking about a quarterback who hadn't played football in, in years, <laughs> unfortunately, going into this season. And you're talking about a quarterback who is probably still learning the offense, is still getting to know all of his teammates. Um, you know, it's been a few months at this point, but you know, I don't know if a week makes a big difference, but I'm thinking more than anything, I'm counting on offensive guru, offensive genius, Chip Kelly, to put Sam Bradford in a better position to make these plays. I mean, obviously he's got to get help from the guys around him. The, the, the Eagles have to stop leading the league in drops, for one. Uh, the offensive line has to execute a little bit better, too. But Sam Bradford's got to make the right reads. He's got to hit guys in stride. And I'm not sure if, if a week off really helps him with that, but I am counting on the coaching staff to make it easier for him to get into a rhythm, for him to make good decisions and get his confidence going. And maybe that translates into a better performance from Sam Bradford. I mean, what have we seen all season? We've seen him try to go deep very rarely. And when he does, he overthrows or he underthrows or he hits the wrong route. And that kind of stuff I think can be corrected uh, as the season goes along. But if, if guys aren't catching the ball or if he's not understanding the playbook well enough, uh, that's an issue to me. That's a big issue to me. So I think hopefully this bye week has given him a chance to maybe get a little bit more familiar with the playbook without the pressure of preparing for a game. And hopefully the coaches are going to do him some favors as well tonight. Uh, Patrick Wall from uh, BleedingGreenNation.com. My friend, we thank you for uh, joining us, and uh, we will see you uh, well, very soon on uh, the BGN Radio Podcast, my friend. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. Uh, so we'll be back with uh, the NFC Least at 845. There's a couple of good ones in there, especially our, we'll revisit our old friend uh, Joseph Randall and, and a couple other things. Jay, hang on the line. We'll get to you as well. It's BGN Radio with John Barchard and Brandon Lee Gowton from BleedingGreenNation.com right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. This is how we do it. My desire was to make you feel pain as much as I could. I wanted to always put crazy on film. So if you're watching the Philadelphia Eagles and you see number 20, you like, man, that dude crazy. So you're not going to come across the middle, are you? And that, that allows us to uh, kind of limit what offenses try to do to our defense. This is how we do it. It's Friday. Night. That's right, B-Doc. Fearing uh, the, the big 20. Uh, 
and yeah, we, we, we might bring up next the next Dawkins <laughs> in this uh, next little segment here. It's John Bartgett, and it is Brandon Lee Gotten right here on uh, 97.5 The Fanatic from BGN Radio and BleedingGreenNation.com. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's uh, it's been a pretty interesting week. Uh, aside from all the Greg Hardy takes and, and, and a bunch of other things, there was still a lot that happened in the NFC least. with Max Dawkins here, Brandon, because the the funniest thing is uh, is Landon Collins to me, and that vaunted giant secondary, which was supposed to be Ooh. so great, let up the, they are on a historic pace to be the worst defense, not in just like a couple of years, but ever, and I think Landon Collins was exceptional in that regard, where maybe four, four and a half touchdowns that he was responsible for. Unbelievable what's happening in New York. He got beat like a drum last week against <laughs> the Saints. I mean, this this Giants defense is awful. And really, that's one of the biggest things why I believe the Eagles still have hope in this division, especially. It is it is such a bad defense. And really, it's funny. Uh, you know, you look at the defensive coordinator, Spags, obviously had some success in Philly. Not so good in New Orleans, <laughs> where he was defensive coordinator there. And now the Giants get him, and it's just a terrible defense. Certainly not in St. Louis either, when he was always the head coach. And <laughs> Hey, uh, speaking of which, it is Dallas week, but uh, who who is our old friend? I can't remember what what exactly happened last year, Brandon, or this uh, off season. I can't. I think they. Uh, I think the, the Cowboys actually cut this guy who who was going to rush for two thousand yards. His name is uh, Joseph Randall. Oh yeah, that's right. Hey, what what is it that he said uh, this off season? Got a lot of older guys that I got to still gain the trust of. You know, uh, especially with losing DeMarco last year, I got to step in there and uh, try to earn the trust of the older players on the team. I mean, he had 1,800 yards. I mean, you got to be chomping at the bit like that. Yeah, he had a good year last year, you know, but uh, and I felt like it was a lot of meat left on the bone. <laughs> he had a good year last year. He was uh, uh, the rushing leader in the NFL, first of all there, pal. And guess what? He's gone. He got cut. The savior of the Dallas Cowboys. Is gone. The guy who robbed underwear and stole cologne from a department store who was supposed to be part of the thousand yard rushing crew is gone, Brandon. The guy who was a better fit a in better Dallas's fit. scheme than DeMarco Murray. <laughs> How is that not more the funniest thing that happened? That was the biggest trump card. As much as anybody would want to give, like, hey, you guys talk about Sam Bradford a lot. Are you kidding me? Joseph Randall was this next savior after 101 career carries in his entire career. He He, had a good year last year. He's gone. They cut him. They moved to a guy who couldn't sustain a backup role for Marshawn Lynch in Seattle, who couldn't do it. And now he's gone. (laughs) Oh, hey, what about our, speaking of which, Speaking of uh, going to be gone this week, uh, Kurt Cousins, uh, the, the meme has kind of completely taken over here, Brandon. Uh, I, you know, I know that he shouts, you like that a lot. You like that. You like that. But uh, I don't know if he's going to be standing against New England this weekend. And odd enough, oddly enough, you notice the parallel between, oh, my God, RG3 is so full of himself. Look at all the T-shirts he made. The second that he gets any ounce of, like, recognition or fame from coming down from the worst almost beat down and come back in the history of that awful Washington franchise, what does he do? He starts his own T-shirt company. Imagine Tom Brady throwing Eight touchdowns today, breaking the NFL record against this Washington <laughs> defense. Going to the the, the the post-game press conference with a, you like that t-shirt on. How great would that be? 
Yeah, he's going to like getting his ass kicked today, uh, you know, against New England, which, you know, at 14 and a half, it's just, it's just, it's just out there. We're getting to the picks at nine, th- or excuse me, at 945 this week uh, with uh, our own, uh, not our own, but our good friend Kyle Scott over, over at Crossing Broad. I know Jay's been uh, patiently waiting on the line, so we'll go to him. Jay and Phil, you're on uh, BJ and Raider. What's going on, man? Hey, what's going on? Uh, two quick, well, one major point that I really want to make about this Hardy thing, and it's really not just about Hardy. Uh, I never, ever, ever seem to hear, when you hear about these, these athletes getting locked up, DUIs, guns, drugs, all these things, the domestic issues, everybody wants to throw them in the fire, punish them, give them jail time, this, that, and the third. But you never have people wanting to sit down and figure out, or you never hear about it, where does it start? Where does it come from? Because the reality is, and I'm not making an excuse for Hardy in no way, shape, form, or fashion, but this stuff happens so often, and not just with athletes, just with anybody. You know, how do you fix the problem? You don't fix the problem technically by just throwing people in jail because that's why we have jails are overcrowded now, and you still have murderers, killers, and all these other things going on. What is the? Where does it start? It has to start somewhere. And the people have to try to figure out What's going on? What's going on inside these guys' heads? Why do we have so many athletes that are turning to drugs? Why do we have so many athletes that are turning to violence? Why do we have so many athletes turning to alcohol? And then on top of that, going and doing stupid stuff with it. Yo, Where does it start? Jay, I am, I, am, I am 100% with you. That's a great point because it's, also- it, it's almost just like the NFL. That's what I'm saying, and especially in the NFL locker rooms. And everywhere else, and and you even brought it up even societal society. Listen to me, society wise, uh, you're right on point because we don't we don't try and figure out why these people aren't coming forward. We just kind of accept it. And you're right, we, we throw them in jail. We move on from the problem because to do that, it would take a lot of time and effort. And we're just we just wanted to see it off our television screens or whatever it is, Jack. And one other one other quick quick point, which you may or may not agree with. Because I've seen both sides of this. I've seen my mother deal with domestic violence. My father was an alcoholic. And growing up, I've dealt with women. And I've seen, and it's, it's a reality as a man that I've learned that a lot of people don't want to address. And Stephen A. Smith said this, and he turned around and apologized because he got in trouble. It is a two-way street. Because, and I'm not saying Hardy. I'm not talking about Hardy specifically. I'm talking about in general when it comes to domestic violence things. I've witnessed myself, women, go out their way because they know the man cannot win. And, and it could be at a time when a man is at his low, he lost his job, anything happened, push a button that they know that they can push to make him snap. It's a two-way street. You have a lot of women. I mean, there's a, I always say there's a difference between a man that comes home from work, he had a bad day, gets drunk, go home and beats on his wife, and the man that him and his wife had a heated discussion at a bad time and he might have slapped her. Neither one is correct, but yep. there's a huge difference. And no one wants to acknowledge that. No, I'm, I, and Jay, it's a, it's, a, it's a great point, too. I mean, because you, you don't hear a lot of the other side of it. But at the same time, I think it's the scales are so out of balance between, you know, solving it and taking care of it. Or even if even with the punishment. And I know Jay was just bringing up, like, that's not the end-all, be-all. But that is also true. I mean, you don't hear, you don't hear about the other sides of there. But the I, I just think that it's so... It's it's minimal compared to the people that just are. It, it is an unwarranted act that's going in here. You know, I just think that it's um, it, 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 there needs to be some form of balance there. And you do bring up and overall in the NFL, 
And that's why I almost that's why it's a really hard time for me to look at the Cowboys locker room and believe you know absolutely any of the guards, especially with um Randy Gregory is a is a prime example. And I've said this even pre draft when he was coming in. I think that there's more or less a lot of anxiety issues. There is a lot of different I don't know. There's there's something obviously that that's not he's not fully comfortable. And I don't think the NFL, if you have this if you have any of those personal issues, if you have whatever it is, a chemical imbalance or a, uh, whatever, whatever you need to fix yourself on. I, Brandon, I don't know if you agree with this or not. I just feel like there's not enough. There's never a, an attention brought to it. There's never somebody to there to kind of reach out. It's not acceptable to be like, hey, I have this. I might have a psychological problem. I think that's what Brandon Marshall has been trying to say and promote for a long time. But. I don't know if that ever kind of gets fixed in the NFL. I don't know if it happens. Well, I think Jay even kind of touched on it. You know, we're, we're talking about punishing a guy, and we're all focusing on that. And obviously, maybe that's a part of a big part of the the correction process. But I think we need to ask, you know, how do, what is the root of this problem, and how does that get fixed? And you know, and you're talking about it, and mental health and things like that. And I don't have the answers, and I don't think it's it's an easy question to answer. But I think we do need to be asking it. Yeah, and, and the awareness part of it. I think is is where it needs to be. I think it's important to be aware. But Jay's right. You have to now take that next step and be like, how do we make sure that this doesn't happen? And not only in sports, because I know that's our world and that's what we control, but even just all over the place, how do we fix that? How do we change the conversation so we don't just immediately go to the reactionary thing? More on this, more breakdown uh, on the other side as we got Jim McCormick coming up at 930 for a little bit of fantasy advice and plus, uh, like I said, Kyle Scott coming up at 945 for some NFL picks. It's BGN Radio with John Barchard, Brandon Lee Gowton right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Hey, the past is history. Tomorrow's a mystery. Today is a gift, and uh, that's what we're playing for. Every single day we step out on the field, it's for this next coming game, and it's not about looking too far in the future. It's about playing for today, and, and this was just a great, great day for everybody to step up and do their job, and, hey, Philadelphia, Merry Christmas. BGN Radio on 97.5 The Fanatic, and we are broadcasting live from the Xfinity Studios, only from Comcast, John Barchard and uh, Manager-in-Chief, Editor-in-Chief, I should say, of uh, BleedingGreenNation.com. Brandon Lee got with me this morning as well. Jeff Garcia should, uh, like, <laughs> he, probably the most beloved guy uh, backup role ever, and yet it should be the award winner for the cheesiest things ever said by a quarterback. Hey, Philadelphia, <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> What was he saying about, like, a, well, you got to take this uh, day to day? Man, oh, man. How did we love that guy? Like, how did we not really tell? Whatever. I understand. Like, that was that was a really, that was a that was an awesome game. I, I was trying to actually remember like, you know, all the ins and outs of that, but I think that was what pretty much clinched the, the NFC East and, and took them on there. But, uh, you know, Brandon, one thing I forgot to bring up in the NFC least, uh, and we'll get to some phone calls in just a little bit, but I actually forgot to rip the Eagles fan base and some of the media hmm. because, uh, what was going on with the takes? This uh, this was like a terrible bye week of football takes. Like we were, there was a lot of, there still is a lot of driving the train for a guy that just got benched for Blaine, Blaine Gabbard. Gabbard. <laughs> <laughs> the Kaepernick thing was, was uh, it's just like we were trying to like, hey, uh, we made a, uh, they made a, they might have made a monumental mistake of trading a uh, second round pick for Sam Bradford. Let's go fix it by trading for a guy that just got benched. <laughs> Oh, my God. That and, like, the whole, uh, you know, if, uh, hey, if Tennessee Cubs knocking for Chip Kelly, now that they fired Ken Wisenhunt, would you do it? 
no, stop that. Like, that was the, there was no, like, uh, I, I don't know. It just became like Jordan Matthews is going to drop every single ball. This team is terrible. And yet, again, here we are. They're still just, they're still just a half game out, uh, and nobody's really taking control of this division. Well, with the Kaepernick thing, it's funny because, I mean, I, I tweeted out earlier this week. I mean, that's how depressing this Eagles quarterback situation is right now. I mean, it, you, it's so depressing that people are clamoring for a guy who got benched for Blaine. <laughs> Gabbert. That's a yeah. That's how bad the outlook is. That's like the, you know, the the look of the look of the QB situation. And look, this is something that you're going to have to get used to. And I've said this a couple of times. But uh, Sam Bradford's going to be here next year, one way or the other. Well, unless unless he's you know unless he completely tanks the last couple of weeks here, or if he gets hurt, I don't really think he's going anywhere. I know people don't want to hear that, but that's something that the Eagles just have to do now. They're going to have to ha- you have to have some form of continuity there. I don't even care if it's really Sanchez if it really tanks out and they yeah. aren't winning games like you you're okay to move on from there and and just continue to like okay, here comes the cycle of draft a QB and hope you get lucky here. But what do they do with this situation? Like how, how do you I know it's really hard to answer that before the season's over, but where what would you do if you were the Eagles front office right now? Pray because <laughs> I mean you look at this quarterback situation John and it's just not good I mean Bradford's here he's obviously a free agent after the year so you don't have to keep him but I mean I just don't know what other options are out there I really don't you're not going to get a guy in free agency you're the trade market maybe I don't know I don't think you know I don't think you're you're going to get a great answer there maybe you get Kaepernick but maybe you're just in the same boat you know, Sam Bradford there, you know, maybe that's the next Sam Bradford. Oh, here's a guy who is talented. We're going to bring him in. He's going to be better here. And then he just isn't. So, yeah. And, you know, the draft, you know, the draft, the Eagles are, first of all, the Eagles are too good to get a good pick in the draft. The defense is very good. They're not going to just bottom out. I don't see them just bottoming out and getting a top pick. And even if they do, I think there's still other teams ahead of them. They're going to, you know, scoop up those quarterbacks. And, and even if there are quarterbacks available, I don't think it's a, a great class from what I've seen. So there really isn't an easy answer. And I think that's that's such a, a dark cloud over this team right now. You know, they don't have a franchise quarterback and there's just no easy, realistic path to getting one. No. And that's that's where I, I keep coming back to wherever the trades happen. Like there's still no good solution of, well, you should have done this. And there's like there's magically going to be either a franchise quarterback that's in the second round. There's going to be a magical like wide receiver that you miss out on. Um, hey, guess what? That Lions pick in the third round is yeah. actually looking pretty great. I mean, mm-hmm. they just fired everybody, and that's really going to be uh, end up being kind of a low second rounder. That's a huge bargain chip. If there is somebody there, you can get back in there, and you don't need to waste both third-round picks on it. I think there's enough value where you can move up. Somebody will move down to that spot. So I, I think it's it's not as bad as as people because of all the, the you know the things that they've kind of protected themselves with there. Maybe not drafting a lineman was the better thing you know that's one thing that we're still kind of going back and forth with like how dare you how, yeah <laughs> how come you haven't drafted anybody but maybe that's like okay we got to put yeah we're taking a risk but we're also putting in somewhat of of the safeguards here and it's not like we're already saying that the other thing is already better like we don't know what's going to be determined here for this eagles future but we're already thinking well you know the second round here there's going to be a major thing that they screwed up on when you know even with even if you go back to washington and the rams and that major trade that they made for RG3, mm. it really didn't help either franchise in a vacuum. Like, it's just like... They yeah, what, be, is, what has St. Louis done? They stayed... They st- basically stayed the same. And it the only... The, and I know people will probably say, like, are you crazy? Washington won that trade. They got into the playoffs. So... That's what I'm saying. Like, I, sometimes you have to take those risks. It really depends on who is there 
And maybe they did make a huge mistake, but we'll have to wait and see here. Yeah, I mean, you know, you just it's again, it's just so depressing. And you look at this situation, and there isn't an easy answer. Really, what you're hoping for as an Eagles fan right now is somehow, maybe, again, I'm going back to this second half theory, which I think is crazy, <laughs> but it's 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 the only thing. Second half much. Sam. Second half Sam, that's who he is. I, I, you're really just hoping he shows something in the second half of the season that gives you some kind of hope. Absolutely. Let's go. Uh, you know, phone lines are, are getting busy. If you want to jump in here, 610-632-0975. It's BG and Radio on 97.5 The Fanatic. And we're going to go to Angel. Well, to sell Angel, what's happening, man? Hey, John, how are you this morning? Good, bud. How are you? Oh, very good. Brandon, if, or, if this wasn't the best start to this show, and I've been following it since day one with John, and it's going on for 10 minutes this morning about Greg Hardy, he gets it. John gets it. I even brewed a fresh pot of coffee, went outside, and screamed to the top of my lungs, hell yeah, this guy gets it. And my neighbor looked at me like I was a lunatic, like, Angel, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I, I just made some radio gold. I'm good. But this is how a show runs. This is when someone has passion, and John's completely right as far as people either ignoring certain uh, situations, domestic violence, especially in the NFL, where it's just looked over. We, we all have our moments with our significant other, whether it's a man, whether it's a woman. We all have that moment. But you don't cross a certain line. You don't put your hands on your significant other. If it gets to the point where it gets so heated, you walk away. You come back. You discuss things again. But for Dallas fans, for the NFL, for Jerry Jones, just allowing for this nonsense to happen with Greg Hardy – and just let it blow over like, oh, it's okay. Four-day suspension or four-game suspension, we're good. Let's move on. No, I, I, again, I agree with John. I can't look at this game tonight either exact way. And I'm almost to the point with John as well that I really don't want to watch it tonight because of that. But, John, an excellent, excellent, excellent start to this show. You were awesome. I appreciate it, Angel. Thanks for listening, man. And, um, uh, yeah, Angel's been a big supporter since uh, since day one. So we, we thank you. He's just telling me, uh, I guess he goes out into his lawn a lot, mm-hmm. <laughs> runs around during the morning. So, uh, but yeah, I, 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 you know, we keep coming back to this thing and it's just, I, yeah, I, I'm not, I'm, 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 I've decided like at nine o'clock this morning right now, I think I'm just, I'm out for this game. I'm out. Like, I can't, I can't do it. Um, I'll look at the, you know, the, the box score, I'll take <laughs> whatever it is that uh, a lot of the guys that are covering this game uh, as their word. And I just kind of, I don't know. I don't know why, like, it's not, again, it's not doing anything to other than like make it, I don't know, make, make myself feel better. Like, I don't know. It's it's a weird thing. Cause I'm going to be, I'm going to be right back here the next Sunday when, you know, they're going up against a different team where they're going up against Miami and it's just, you know, I, I don't know. I, I but for for whatever it is right now, I I think I just need to step away from it from from tonight. And I don't. I'm, again, I'm not going to judge anybody that wants to watch it or cover it or anything. There's a lot of different. It, it's not all like oh you're 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 a terrible person now. But it's just for me the realization is just like I can't. I just I just can't do it tonight. So, um, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Let's let's keep it going. Let's go to Barry on the cell uh, as he's on the fanatic right now. Barry, what's going on, man? Hey, what's happening, guys? Nothing much, man. Hey, man. I wholeheartedly agree with your last caller and with your last caller, and was appalled by some of the comments from my previous caller. He was talking about how, uh, with Stephen A. Smith, was talking about how sometimes women can actually take you there and push your buttons. That is absolutely no excuse. 
everybody knows that women get emotional. Women are emotional creatures by nature. And then at a particular time, it happens every month, they get even more extremely emotional. But you are raised. How do you actually take care of that? It starts from the cradle. You are raised from a child that this is instilled in you when you're coming up. This is not something that you do. And then for those who don't want that instilled in them, then they should be stiff penalties, negative reinforcement. I don't want to hear about prison overcrowding. No, there's negative reinforcement. Who's going to look out for the safety of that woman? Now, if that was his daughter or his wife or his sister that that happened to, I guarantee you he would probably have a different view on it. And well, for everybody that wants to stand up for these guys, for athletes, why? Because they're privileged? Because they're athletes? I don't believe that. They should be hammered, just like anybody else would be, for doing these heinous crimes. Yeah, well, and I, not only that, but it's just uh, – I, I, men are emotional too. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're, I think we have this weird complex where, like, oh. You know, men, obviously there's emotion. They're, they're evoking it with, especially with this, like hitting a woman is an emotion. That's, that's comes out of, of some crazed anger. That's, that's not acceptable. It's the, it's the, the way that, however that person's programmed. And it's not just men either. There are, there are on the other side, I think, you know, women on women abuse each other when they're in relationships, men on men do the same thing. Like there's, it's a, it is a human thing that we still have not fixed beer berry that's what i'm saying like we we just kind of accept it and you know it just rolls on we appreciate the phone call my friend uh but yeah i don't i don't know i i just it, it's such a tough topic to kind of put in a bow in two hours but i don't know what else to do that's what I, I, again i'm not saying that you can't watch this game or anybody's going to judge you differently i'm just saying when you do watch it just know that you are justifying it you are saying that it's okay and that's some of the things that it really bothers it bothered me that's i i had i questioned myself and i'm just being honest with you guys i'm not saying one way or the other that you know cuz against again like i can say all this stuff and i can sound like oh you know i'm this big big guy and telling everybody what to do but the next week i'm going to watch the product so what does that say about me like i'm just as much as a hypocrite as i am going down the line here and saying like hey man you shouldn't be doing this either but i'm going to be there next week you know, I, I think more to me that I think I justified was like, oh, it's more a Cowboys thing than it is an NFL thing. But that's not true either. You know, that that's that's right in the uh, in the thick of things. John, you know, it is a tough spot, and I I mean, I don't blame you. I don't blame you for not for not turning this game on. I think that's fair. I think you know, it's 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 such a hard thing to reconcile. You know, you you love football. It's fun. Yeah. Every, we love football. I mean, it's it's the best time of the year. It's supposed to be fun. You're supposed to you know, you work all week, whatever. We work on the weekend, yeah. too. But uh, you work all week. You know, football is here. You're pumped. You know, you want to watch your team. And you have to think about all of this. And it's, it's. I don't want to say, you know, it's not fair to us as if we're the victim because we're not here. We're not, we're not really no. the victim in this situation. But it's just a shame that something that's supposed to be fun gets turned into something like this when, when someone like Greg Hardy is allowed to, to be in the NFL and to not get punished and to get away with it and to show no remorse and again, Jerry Jones is calling him a leader. It's just, it's the most bizarre and twisted thing. And it's, it's really sad how, you know, because this guy is good at football, it makes it okay. Yeah. And that's what, that's, that's the overall thing. And that's what we said at the top of the show. It's not that Ray Rice is not in the league because of the domestic violence that was the charges and everything that was brought against him and all the hoopla around that. It's because he's not a good running back anymore. That's it.
You know, I think somebody would have accepted him if he still had the talent to be there because that's what it is. The NFL is a who-you-know league. That's why we ask our questions like, why is this guy getting hired again? He's failed, at you know, et cetera, et cetera. But that's that's what it is. People are, aren't willing to go outside the box a lot of the times to find new talent, different talents. It's it's so awkward to, to have that in there. Like, they chose uh, that pass rusher because he's the best at what he does, and that's why he's here. That's it. Um, and it, you know, I'm just, I'm getting some feedback here. It's just like, you're going to be right there with us at eight 30. I really am not. I've, I kind of made this decision at Friday, whatever, when it came out, I was just like, this is not, uh, it was kind of like, I'm, I'm not going to do it. But again, like it, it's just a, it's just a confusing, it's a confusing time for me to be a football fan. It really is. And just Brandon hit it on the head. Like, I, I don't want to feel like I'm guilty for watching it either because it is fun. It's supposed to be the escape that we wanted to. And I don't know if the Cowboys weren't playing the Eagles tonight. I don't know if it would be the same issue. That's And that's what the screwed up thing is. It's like, I don't know if it's going to be, if it was the Giants and the Cowboys tonight, would I watch it? I don't know. Probably not because I would still feel the same way. I would still feel the same. And I think I'm just going to – I'm justifying it by saying, like, I'm not going to watch any Cowboys games this year. I don't know. Like, I don't know what else to do. There's, It's such a hard thing to, like, okay, we're talking about it. We've made the awareness of it. Deadspin's come out and, and shown us how awful this thing is. But now what do we do? We're missing that next step of, like, how do we attack this? And it's just – it's so hard, and I know that, uh, and I and I disagreed a lot with what Jay said, especially about like you know the, the pushing buttons and and everything from a couple of callers ago. But we don't have those conversations. We don't have why why are these people doing doing this? Where does it come from? Why is it that you know w- women don't report this? Why is the justice system not accepting a lot of these things? Why is it so hard to prove these type of cases? Not only in domestic violence, but with rape and with everything else. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's such a like, oh, and again, these people are not your friends. They're just, I, I had, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story just because we're here now, uh, in Los Angeles, there's, it, I was there for six or seven years and all of the, all of that glitz and glamour and glory that you see with certain actors and musicians. And then you start having conversations with them and then you get to know them and you're like, oh my God, these people are scumbags. Not all of them. Not all of them. There's some great people. That's what I'm saying. But it just reminds us all that, like, hey, this is all clay feet here. Like, everybody's – nobody's different than anybody else. And we have this this echelon of, like, well, these guys are protected. This person's protected because of what they do and their jobs. And if we go on and on and on about, like, well, I'm not going to support this because of this, then you're also – I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I, uh, I have Apple products. I'm not raising my arms about – you know, the, the workers in China that make these products that put all these pieces together, I, I'm choosing, I'd rather have my phone over, you know, the, the destruction of, a, of, of the human workers. Like, that's what, it's, it's just like, I can't, it, it, I, we can't solve every problem all at once, but this was just presented in front of us. There's still time to talk about all the rest of those things. But for, for my world and for where we are right now, this is where I'm at. This is where I can put it into a little bubble and say, you know, let's talk about this and let's try and figure out where to move on from it. As we go back to the phones, it's Arthur on a cell. Arthur, what's happening, man? Hey, guys. First of all, good morning. Morning. Good morning, Arthur. All right. Now, listen, yo, guys, I guess you must have missed the Godfather Part 1 with Santino did and Godfather Part 2 with Michael did to fix that situation. You remember them two parts where the, the brother-in-law was beating up his sister? The the what again, Arthur? Sorry, man. The Godfather Part One. What Santino did when the oh, guy? Oh yeah. Did. Okay. Yeah. Correct. 
Yes. And Godfather Part Two, Michael finished the job. Okay. You know what I'm, that's that's it, brother. I mean, I got two girls. If somebody did that to my daughter, I'd be doing ten to twenty right now. But everything would be okay in my life. You know what I mean? This yeah. Reject. I got girls, so ain't nobody hit my girls. I don't care who it is. Whatever comes my way after that is okay. You know what I mean? This thing is intolerable. Jerry Jones, a creep, a low life. I can't stand that guy. Passes the glasses to his son-in-law. You had to know right then and there he was a creep. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's where he has it. Like he's the. That's the problem. Like he's the owner and GM. So that's and not just with Hardy, but with everybody else. It's just kind of like he can he can take all those risks on on whatever. He doesn't have to fix them. He just wants them to play football. Like get it together. And once they're done, he spits them back out. And even with Joseph Randall, like I don't know. Like I don't know if he has any type of uh, of different problems there. But there was there was some uh, reports of him having a couple of uh, domestic issues too with. You know, the mother of his son and, and, and doing all sorts of other things. But really, he's not there because of that. He's there because he just, you know, he went AWOL and he's, he lost the starting job. Okay, you ready for the hot tip of the day? I can fix the Eagles' problem. Do it. You ready? Let's hear Here it. Here you go. Chip Kelly, Tennessee Titans, two uh. number ones and a number two. <laughs> Get rid of them. You hear me? And then he's got his boy and you see what he really is. He's a fraud. Uh. And then the Eagles can build from there. How do you like that, brother? Uh, of course. Here's what I like about it. See ya. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, there's like, uh, uh, Chip Kelly has all sorts of control over the franchise. He's the GM. What would, I mean, I, I know he loves Marcus Mariota. He doesn't love him that much. Doesn't love him that much. First of all, and Jeffrey Laurie would have to, I don't, why am I entertaining this question? I'm doing it. That's just, where we are right now. That's <laughs> where we are. No, it's, it's ridiculous. It's, uh, there would have to be, I mean, there would be collusion. There would be like, so many other things. Like if the GM himself was just like, yeah, I'm gonna, tr- I'll trade myself to, to Tennessee. What do you got for me? And he accepts like, what if he just accepts a second rounder? Like Jeffrey Lurie obviously has the power to veto that. So it's a ridiculous, it's a ridiculous thing to have anyway. We've reached the point where Chip Kelly isn't going back to college. <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. That that's not the thing now. It's that he, it's not that he's going back to college. It's that he's going to stay in the NFL and then he's going to trade himself or get traded to another team. That's that's how crazy it's gotten. Yeah. Why why is everyone always just so eager to get rid of Chip Kelly? And I'm not talking just about, you know, Eagles fans here who are obviously disappointed in the team, but it just seems every time there's a job opening, you know, there's probably a janitor opening down the street. Is, is Chip Kelly going to leave for that? I mean, we don't know, right, John? No, no, that's, that's what I mean. Like, there's first it was like the, the 11 or 12 now uh, college positions that were going to be open, and now an NFL spot <laughs> opens up with his favorite quarterback. It's like, oh, yeah, well, that's where that's where he'll go now. Uh, you know, again, uh, uh, Bill O'Brien doing a bang-up job in Houston. Where's that? Where, I mean, the, the Lions just, like, went from the playoffs to the, the lowest bottom basement team in the league. Still not a peep about them taking, taking jobs. Like, I would I would peg Bill O'Brien going back to Maryland or, you know, maybe maybe James Franklin when he gets fired after this year. Oh, that oh, horrendous oh. performance. <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, Iowa uh, currently 9-0 in, uh, uh, in the college football. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's that's where we're at here. And I think that's why the Eagles need – It's. it doesn't even – I don't know if it has to be a signature win today. I don't. I don't know if it's got to be like a – they just need to win. I, yeah. was t- I was saying this on the podcast too. It's just like, you know what? Uh, this needs to be the time where the offense and defense is really cohesive together. They need to come out guns blazing and uh, and and just have this all – this perfect game. But they really just need to win. Win. Just win. I mean, you look at this division. It's so bad. You get you beat the Cowboys today. You move to four and four. 
Uh, Giants, we'll see what they do in Tampa Bay. Maybe they lose. Jameis Winston's been playing a little bit better. I'm not counting on that, but yep. who knows? Could happen. It's crazier things. The Giants are on the road. And just you bury the Cowboys season at the same time. I mean, they're dropping them to two and six. There's no way they're making the playoffs after that. And especially because Romo isn't returning uh, anytime. I think he's it's yeah, a he's couple weeks away still. 22nd he returns. And, and Des Bryant still might not be 100%. So it's not like he's fully, he's playing, but he's not fully ready to go in terms of, uh, you know, they, they're still kind of monitoring him on a snap count. He was limited in practice this week. So win today, you're pretty much in control in the division. Well, and, and not only that, but you're going to have, uh, even if Romo is healthy and he's coming back, I mean, that's still like, the broken bones still, uh, it takes a while to you know, restructure, your, or not restructure, but just get your arm strength back. And then the, and the first team that he faces is going to be the Carolina Panthers, which uh, as we realize, their defense does not suck. So that's a really hard fit to be like, okay, now go win. Uh, I don't know whatever it's going to take. Go win. Uh, you know, I, I see it as a nine and seven max. Even with their, I mean, they still have to play Green Bay in Green Bay, uh, and they still have to play. You know, the the Jets, the, the Buffalo. There's still tough defense. in Buffalo. Yeah, yep. there's going to be some tough guys that, and the Eagles do too. I mean, they got to play New England. They got to mm-hmm. play Buffalo. But outside of that, again, this that's why this the next four games are so important to get that leg up. And not only that, but it puts the you know only puts the the Cowboys having wins in the division. So I mean, and what does it do to the locker room? I like how I was talking to some Cowboys fans this week saying like. You know, it's like, oh, you know, they're only two games behind you. Yeah, but six losses in a row doesn't make it doesn't exactly make the locker room very peppy. In no, there. I don't. I don't think. Well, when you have great leaders in your locker room, like Greg Hardy, <laughs> I think you're just doing you're doing fine. Right. He's a he's a he's a great leader. I mean, he, he can lead that locker room. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. He can. Uh, he'll lead it from uh, the sidelines when, uh, you know, he mentioned this. That's my only hope is just like there. Uh, we were, we talked to uh, Miss uh, Lana Berry from the Lana Berry show. She's on Twitter. She'll be following her anyway. And that's like she, her, her one request. She's a huge Dallas Cowboys fan. It's just like I want it to be Des that just on the sideline just punches him like right in the face <laughs> and, and just make everybody survive. So I was like, yeah, I would be down with that. I would actually, you know, be proud of, of Des Bryant if that actually happened. But uh, we got Jim McCormick coming up uh, in just five minutes, 930. So if you're out there on the Twitter.com, get your fantasy questions in right now. It's a it's a big fantasy week. A lot of bye weeks happening here, a lot of injuries, and we'll get into more of that right here on BGN Radio on 97.5 The Fanatic. That's right. It is BGN Radio. Right here on 97.5 The Fanatic. John Barchard, Brandon Lee Gouton from BleedingGreedition.com. We are uh, getting ramped up for this matchup in the NFL week. We've had a, obviously had a lot of heavy talk, but uh, joining us right now on the Comcast business line, we are very proud to bring back a verb. We've missed him for the past couple of weeks, but it's Mr. Jim McCormick with the Fantasy Football Talk. Jim, how's it going this morning, man? What's up, guys? I mean, th- those London games were so stellar, too. <laughs> yeah, no, so, yeah, it was, uh, it was uh, the, the, the best. Uh, you know, they should have them just every week, which they're proposing. You know, it's funny, too. It's like I would almost rather take the London games every morning than the Thursday night football ones. I don't know. I think that they, get, think they went London and then just took away the Thursday night games. I'd be okay with that. But uh, I, they, they, they at least get a buy after those, whereas you know these Thursday night games, it's almost criminal to give a guy three days to get ready for an NFL yeah. football game. Yeah, it's, it, it's, pre- <laughs> it's pretty ridiculous. But um, And speaking of ridiculous, it's 
you know, there's a lot of bye weeks syndromes going on for a lot of lineups today. Um, is there anybody, I know like, you know, a lot of people are, are looking for Jeremy Macklin replacements. They're looking for running back replacements. Uh, when you look at just the landscape uh, of this, of this, this week, I mean, what, what are the best plug and play guys for you heading into this week? Well, I mean, I know it's difficult to cut, to, to trust a coach named Malarkey because I mean, coaches are tough enough to trust, <laughs> but you know, in Tennessee, I actually do think there is a little bit of narrative street we can walk down here. You know, we saw it with Dan Campbell where, you know, a new coach with an offensive line tendency, tight end tendency to him comes in and goes run heavy. I actually do believe him in this one. He wants to, basically he's, he's proclaiming Antonio Andrews is his workhorse. So that's a guy who, you know, he's probably owned in a lot of leagues now because of, you know, this rash of injuries in the bye weeks, but that's somebody I'd actually use, especially over, you know, backs that people are trusting that they shouldn't, you know, the Shane Vereens or, you know, the really low-end options that they're plugging in. I know people are desperate this week. Uh, Jim, you know, I look at this Eagles-Cowboys game, obviously one of the biggest games this week, and I'm not feeling great about this Eagles offense. You know, they've struggled this year. What matchups do you like in this game? Well, I mean, I like the matchups versus, you know, their their safety. Now they have, you know, they have the rookie out there. They have Byron Jones out there, but – I actually like the the matchups in theory, you know, over the middle for us. I, I don't think, I mean, Sean Lee can cover, but I actually think, you know, you're going to be able to beat these guys if, if we can get the timing right. The question is, can Bradford give these guys the ball Oof. in places to make plays? Because it just seems you got young receivers who need to build confidence in the ball placement. It's just such a bad combination. You know, young guys struggling plus a guy struggling with his accuracy. So I'd really like to see some rhythm football come out. I think that's the biggest thing we haven't seen is, Really, any rhythm or confidence build with this with this offense? A uh, couple of questions coming in from Twitter, and they're pretty interesting. Chris Nider or Nieder, I apologize if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, but it, you know, you look at the Minnesota defense; it's been it's been really tough. Uh, it's been a tough defense down there, and I, I look at you know they what they've done against the run, and it looks pretty positive. Um, you're not going to probably let Nick Foles beat you, so I would probably think that they're going to stack the box this week. Uh, but are, would you start Todd Gurley regardless, or if you guy, have a guy like Devontae Freeman, are you are you switching that up uh, against San Francisco? I mean, if that's your problem in fantasy, then you're doing wonderful this year. Yeah, you know? true. Uh, I, I, th- I think Gurley's honestly probably the number two guy this week behind Freeman. You know. Uh, because San Francisco has just been giving up gobs of yards, you know, both, you know, receiving and running to backs. But the thing with Minnesota is they're allowing 4.4 yards per carry. I know that can be, you know, kind of a, a misleading stat based on a couple of big runs. But the thing with them is, you know, Eric Hendricks is out and they traded away Hodges, the, the, the other inside linebacker to San Francisco earlier this year. So, you know, surprise, surprise, the Kendricks is out, you know, not to be rude, but, <laughs> you know, and I actually think that that could matter because if that's Chad Greenway or somebody like that taking the, the reps, you know, I just think Gurley could get to the second level and cause some problems. Uh, another one coming in from uh, our friend Russell at uh, tight end. Are you going uh, Bennett or Watson? Uh, I know Watson. I can't remember who the Saints have, but uh, I, I know that. Uh, They're hosting the Titans. Yeah. Well, th- there you go. So uh, which out of those two are you going with? You know, I mean, as hot as Ben Watson has been, and he really has, uh, it's also his target share has kind of jumped around. It's kind of kind of been game flow dependent. Like he's gone from 20% of the targets to 10 to 23 to 13 so, you know, it's the, the same thing is still kind of in place. He's just been scoring touchdowns. I'd go with Bennett. I mean, you know, you have Eddie Royal out. There's dwindling options in Chicago. Forte's out. I just think a lot of that high conversion stuff. And plus, you know, outside of Jason Verrett, the, 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 the Chargers' secondary is pretty bad. Uh, Jim, you know, you look at this 
Another game that Eagles fans will be watching today is obviously the Washington Patriots game. And I think Eagles fans are obviously hoping that Tom Brady kind of throws, I already said earlier in the show, maybe an eight-touchdown performance. Maybe a little optimistic <laughs> in, in, there. In the, in the first half, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, in the first half. Jim, how are you feeling about the matchups there, especially with uh, Deshaun Jackson seemingly primed to return? Well, you know, I mean, the, the natural, when you see a huge spread like that and a healthy point total, you know, the, there, there's the factor of you think, you know, the Pats might do their classic, you know, like you said, pass and build up. And then we see the Garrett Blunt close it out in the second half. That kind of seems like the formula. And you just hope everybody gets theirs if you have fantasy guys, you know, in, in the early, you know, sec, you know, the first through the first three quarters. But on the Patriots side, I actually like Deshaun a little bit. I know Malcolm Butler's talking about guarding him up, but again, it's just that garbage time narrative. When you're getting 14 points, you're expecting some of that late volume. And the Patriots, we've seen it happen. They gave up a lot of points to the Bills a couple of times this year. I don't know if you remember, even like Blake Bortles went up and put up, you know, 303. So yeah. one of those games where it's an ugly actual NFL game, but I actually could see the Redskins, especially Chris Thompson. He's a nice little sneaky PPR back. Another guy maybe to plug in over Vavrine, that kind of thing. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, just bad defenses right now. We brought up the fact that, you know, the Giants are, are going to be historically bad. Just in the, you know, when you're looking at the, the rest of their schedule, are you basically, uh, I, I don't know, are you, are you taking some of the maybe lower-end fantasy players that go against the Giants, the wide receivers, you know, some guys that might be, might be a questionable, like, wide receiver three or a flex? Are you now at the point now, like, as long as uh, Mukamura is out, are you pretty much doing that over maybe a wide receiver two or, or even a stud? No, I agree. I mean, they're starting like Craig's list at cornerback. I mean, they're, they're pretty bad. Like they're, they're, they're really actually just getting guys off the street at this point uh, to play corner. So yeah, I mean, you do get upgrades. You do, you do. They're giving up 315 yards per game, which is just kind of silly. So yeah, you, like you said, it historically bad. It, they're the kind of, that's the acronym you look for when you're seeking out guys, you want Kansas city, you want, you know, you want San Diego and Cleveland for running and you want Kansas city, Baltimore, you know, teams like the giants for your receiving guys. And, uh, and even just a little non-fantasy here, cause we're, we're just up against the break, but what are your thoughts in general overall with uh, Eagles Cowboys matchup um, and how, you know, maybe even a predict, throw me a prediction of how this one's going to go uh, tonight. I think it'd be a little bit of a grind. I think it's going to be, you know, uh, 20 to 17 Eagles. Uh, you know, we're going to rely on the, the amazing leg of Caleb Sturgis. <laughs> there you go. Well, who's been a, a huge fantasy guru because when he can't score touchdowns, there's, uh, you know, there's, there's always the field goal kicker that you can rely on. Well, uh, Jim McCormick from uh, ESPN, we thank you so much, my friend, for uh, joining us one more time on uh, BGN Radio, and we will, uh, we'll see you next Sunday for sure. Thanks so much, guys. Great show today. Thank you, my man. And uh, we will, uh, yeah, on the other side, we'll actually talk to uh, Kyle Scott from CrossingBroad.com as we'll get into the final leg, the final segment, as we will roll right into the NFL picks. And it's right here on BGN Radio, presented by BleedingGreenNation.com. John Barcher, Brandon Lee Gowton on 97.5 The Fanatic. Eagles are going to just run the clock out now. Cunningham will take as many snaps that are necessary. Now Cunningham's going to throw it to quick. That's what we're missing. The fake kneel down. Me and BLG were just talking about that. That's what that's you know, there is there is no Buddy Ryan anymore. There's no that passionate just complete hatred anymore. 
But no, that's not true. It's still there. It's just not like that. It's just not like that that level anymore. But the fake kneel down is, is definitely one of the more classic moments. Hey, I just saw two beautiful men walk into the studio. That's Jeff Moser. That's Chris Stuber making his return back to the airwaves one more time. They're going to be in in just 15 minutes here. So, uh, But before we do that, before we get into all that, it's time to finally break it down and let's get into the end. I'm going to right now. Let's jump on uh, with uh, Mr. Kyle Scott from crossingbroad.com as we uh, we welcome in on the Comcast business line. Kyle, what's happening this morning, man? How are you? Fantastic intro music, as always. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course, of course. What's uh, what's happening in the in the land of uh, Crossing Broad this week? What's been like the main uh, main uh, topic here? Uh, honestly, nothing. I'm waiting for a football game. This has been the, the bye week in the fall is always one of my least favorite times of year because there's just nothing to there's just nothing going on in local sports right now. The Sixers stink. The Flyers stink. So we're 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 leaning on the Eagles, and I'm just looking forward towards a football game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's just been uh, yeah, even with, even last night where it's like you, you had the Sixers, you can kind of be like, okay, yeah, they're supposed to do this, and the Flyers are just they're still like people don't want to admit it. They still got to re- rebuild that team too. They're not going anywhere quick unless they get some scores. So I, I completely understand. It's been a, it's been a hard time for everybody, kind of right. Except for the Eagles are our only hope here. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. maybe we can put a little little magic in the flavor. So let's get to the NFL picks. Hit me! It's time to ring the bell and play some bets. Hey, I don't want your money punching my money. Here come our NFL picks. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Uh, just a point of order, uh, James Zelter last week, who is enjoying his uh, his wonderful bachelor party in Austin, Texas, has been going crazy. 4-0 and last week. And uh, Kyle Scott wasn't here to witness it, but... Uh, on top of that, uh, we've got we've got a uh, we're going to pretty much just keep it in the NFC East. But first, uh, we're, we might go visit somewhere else. Andrew Salchunas, where are we heading to first? My man, Nikki Franchise and the <laughs> St. Louis Rams head to the University of Minnesota to take on the Vikings, who are favored by one. That's, uh, yeah, the line's been kind of all over the place here. Kyle it went from three and a half. Now it's down to minus one here for Minnesota. Who are you taking in this one, my friend? Love the Rams. Rams are just a flat-out better team. A one-point favorite at home means Vegas hates you. Uh, I'll go with the Rams all day here. Easy, Easiest call you're going to give me. I want to ring the bell on that pick. Oh, ring, the bell. ring the bell. There on it that is. Pick. The Vikings, I'm not in love with them, but they've been playing pretty well lately. I think they've won five out of the last six or so. The only loss was to Denver in Denver, and it was by three points. I think the Vikings have this one at home against Mr. Nick Foles. Yeah, sorry, Kyle. I'm going to jump on the Brandon's bandwagon here. Almost <laughs> 60%, of Nick Foles' passing yards. Yak, baby. That's all it is. Stop Todd Gurley. You stop the Rams. It's Minnesota outright. Where are we heading to next, Andrew? Eli Manning takes on Mr. Crablegs. <laughs> the Giants head to Tampa Bay where the Giants are favored by two. But yeah, I, 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 I kind of go back and forth with this one. It's obviously a Giants line here. Uh, but I, I, this is probably just an emotion pick here because I would really like the Giants to lose. I feel the vibe. You know, I feel I, you know, I, I don't I'm not a big fan of Levy Smith. Jameis Winston has been coming around and uh, I don't know, a little bit of a rebirth with the offense. So I'm taking Tampa Bay in this one. Kyle, who do you have in this matchup? I'm with you, too. Maybe it's an emotional pick, but uh, Winston's looked a lot better. I mean, you take the first few games against the last few and he's looked, I'd say, very good at times over the last few weeks. 
I just don't think the Giants are that good. Tampa Bay's improving. I'm going to go with the Bucks. I don't love this pick either way. I really don't, as John said. But, you know, you look at this Giants defense, it's so bad. But then again, you look at this Tampa Bay team that lost. They were up 24 points in Washington, and they still lost. I just don't trust Lovey Smith enough. I have to take the Giants. Maybe I'll jinx the Giants by taking them. Well, Andrew, where are we heading to uh, next in our last matchup here? Mr. You like that. Mr. Cousins himself goes to New England. Got nothing special here. Patriots minus 14. Uh, Do you like that, Mr. Kyle Smith? Or Kyle Smith, listen to me. (laughs) Kyle Scott, uh, what is uh, minus 14 for New England? Are you on that bandwagon? Geez, that's a huge line, but, you know, I'm going to go with the Patriots, and here's why. This is my new betting philosophy for betting against the Redskins, not because they stink. Do you ever notice Kirk Cousins wears his wedding ring? <laughs> no, I haven't noticed. Does that drive? First of all, do you remember what happened with Jimmy Fallon about six months ago? He, he almost cut his finger off because his, his yeah. wedding ring almost oh, yeah. went through his hand. Yeah. Why on earth? I'm telling you, these things are dangerous. If you get that hook in a helmet, that's going to pull off his, his left his left ring finger. I'm checking out. He wears a black, first of all, who wears a black wedding ring? But I don't know if he's got it taped up or what. It doesn't look like it. He wears his wedding ring on the field. I'm betting against that guy every game from now through eternity because eventually his finger's just going to fall off. It's highly dangerous. I'm telling you, you heard it here. So I'll go to the Patriots. Why are the Patriots rather are four and 10 in home games where they are favored by at least two touchdowns. I have to take Washington to get the backdoor oh, cover. Look at that. Ring the bell cover. twice. Yeah, no, I I, I, I I, didn't know that. So he could, Kyle, you're telling me he could be the JPP of quarterbacks at some point, right? Like they, they could just kind of rip off there. That, that, I'm yeah. telling you, you can, you'll see it on TV. But if you Google it, there's pictures. He hasn't always done it, but at least this season, he's wearing like a black wedding ring. Matt Barkley does bet, that too. You have to <laughs> bet against that. Yeah, so I am also, I'm also betting against quarterbacks that wear wedding rings on the football yeah. field. Minus 14. Look, Jim McCormick already kind of touched on it, but Tom Brady's going to have a – that secondary is terrible. If Sam Bradford can do the things that he can do against that secondary, I can't imagine what Tom Brady's going to do with the 60 pass attempts and Gronk rolling in there. I'll even bump it up. I would tease it somehow. Let's go minus 21. Oh I'm, taking, I'm taking New England to absolutely destroy this football team. So, uh, with that being said, we'll shut down the, the, the picks part of it. But, Kyle Scott, when it comes to the main gig here, who do you mm-hmm. like? Philadelphia, Dallas, Sunday night football. Eagles are the favorite at minus three. Where are you going in this one? It, you know, I mean, look, none of us none of us have any idea which Eagles team is going to show up. The Cowboys clearly had their number in the first matchup. The Eagles have improved. I don't want to say drastically, but they, they are a uh, – for better or worse, they're a much better football team now, which still doesn't make them a, a good football team, I don't think. Uh, there's just too much going on with the Cowboys. The fact that the line is in the Eagles' favor. Uh, I'm going to go with the Eagles. Uh, this you know, they can win this game and they're and they're they become the favorites to win the NFC East easily. Um, so I'm going to go with the Eagles. This is the turning point of this awful season. That's probably going to see them win the division. Kyle, we just don't see how's eye that eye. for roses. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, we just we don't just we don't see eye to eye today. I. You know, this Eagles team, I think they can easily, they, they have what it takes to beat the Cowboys. You know, you look at this Eagles defense and they should be able to shut down Matt Castle. Uh, but, you know, you just look at this offense right now. I don't have a lot of faith in them. Uh, we already saw what Dallas, how they kind of shut down the Eagles. And really the Eagles sh- shut themselves down earlier in the year. Yeah. I just, I don't have a lot of faith in this Eagles offense right now. I'm taking the Cowboys to win 
24-23. It's oh, going to be close and painful. I just don't I don't think it's possible for Matt Castle to beat this football team, even though, yes, we can bring up Minnesota, and, 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 and you know at least they had a competent running game. At least they had something. Listen, this team is 17th and 20th, respectively, in during the pass and the run. Uh, I, the defense is probably going to have to take care of business here. It can't fall asleep like it did in Carolina. It's going to be it's probably going to be close anyway. It's the it's division game. I'm just going by the trend here. They always they always somehow pull it off. Romo is somehow not healthy uh, every time that they go down to Dallas, or it's a short week, or it's is what it is. Garrett's undefeated up here. Chip Kelly's undefeated down there. I think that's how this one rolls. I think it's a I think it's a twenty eight. I think it's a 28 to 17 type of football game. I think the offense gets going a little bit. I still think there's a couple of hot takes coming out of the first half when they go three and out and the defense gets mm-hmm. a three and out and like, oh my God, here we go again. But for whatever reason, I think that's that's what's going to happen. Kyle Scott uh, from CrossingBroad.com. We really appreciate it, man. Thanks for hanging out. Once again, we'll see you uh, next week for sure, my friend. All right, thanks, man. Uh, well, that being said, we have uh, Jeff Mosier. We have Chris Stuber coming up in just about six or five and a half minutes, the champions themselves. Uh, and we uh, we thank you so much for uh, joining us right here on BGN Radio. Look, you know, there's a lot of different takes that we've said this morning. If you want to watch the game, it's fine. It's okay to turn it off, too. Uh, no, and it, it's just been uh, it's just been a kind of crazy week as far as takes and everything goes. So hopefully we can find a medium and we can enjoy this thing. We can enjoy football one more time. And for uh, myself, John Barch, and of course for Brandon Lee Gowton, thank you so much for listening to BGN Radio right here on the greatest station in Philadelphia. It's 97.5 The Fanatic. B-A-T-L-E-S.